When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Forever. Dog. Just between us. Hey. Just between us. I'm Allison Raskin. I'm a writer, mental health advocate, and fan of the Fanny Pack. Hey, I'm Gabby Dunn. I'm a writer, bicon, bisexual icon, wink, and I just got here 15 minutes ago. (laughs) Where's here? I'm back in Los Angeles. I've been traveling for like six weeks. I was this morning in Phoenix, Arizona, and I've been like, we've been driving all over the place, like eight to 10 hour days. We woke up at the but fuck a clock. Um, and, um, and now I'm here and I, we drove into the driveway, I would say 15 minutes ago and I threw this microphone and everything together (laughs) and I'm sweating and I'm sitting here. Um, but it was, it was nice seeing like the whole country, like all across the country in these like little cities that, you know, you never hear of or you never would stop into or whatever. Like, I found a beautiful coffee shop in Deming, New Mexico. Ooh, New Mexico is beautiful. New Mexico's beautiful. I found, yeah. like, we saw all these roadside attractions, like Bolin's The Thing, which I think you actually would love. What is that? You know, it's The Thing. I can't explain it to you. It's basically, okay. I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> I don't, I won't tell you what The Thing itself is, but it's basically okay. like a, a museum. And it's all about like, um, what if dinosaurs and aliens coexisted? And it's all this kind of conspiracy stuff about aliens. And I really think that you would have some thoughts on it. Where is this? Bolin, Arizona. I have to go. Yeah, I think you would really. I bought a shirt. Like I think I you have would to go really, immediately. Yeah, I think you would have some strong feelings about it. And and I kept walking around, and they frame it very much like we don't know. We're just asking some questions. Yeah, Um, I can't believe I haven't gotten to Roswell yet, but that is up there on my bucket list. No, I know. Me too. I don't want to spoil. I won't tell you what exactly the thing is, but (laughs) Mal's laughing uh, because Mal loves the thing. But no, they hate the thing. They want me to clarify that they actually hate it, but they did drag me to it and I had a great time. (laughs) Mal said they love to show it to people. That doesn't mean that they love it. Um, It's a big museum and we were walking through it and we were just like, you know, they're just asking some questions and they make sure not to like imply anything too much. So they'll be like, what if aliens were on Earth and influenced history? And then it's just a bunch of photos of things from history. And they're not saying aliens did influence it. They're just making you think about history. Can I reschedule this recording? I have to go 
to Arizona. I think you should go. I think you should go right now. It's amazing. The exhibit <laughs> itself is called Aliens versus Dinosaurs. And then I'm not going to give away like too much, but. Okay, it, so it, stop talking. You're going to okay, get away. Okay. That's okay. You have a habit of doing that. I'm sorry. Okay, so that's <laughs> so like that's the type of thing that you get to experience when you drive across this beautiful country. Like I feel like I've had a really great time the last six weeks just driving through America and like seeing, you know, the different murals that people like. Why is there a huge mural of Sylvester Stallone as Rambo in this town in Arizona? Who can say? What is the, you know, this weird Airbnb that we stayed at that is maybe a cult? in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Like we've just like gone, I've been able to like just see so much of the beauty and weirdness of this country. And I will say shout out to every queer kid, teenager that I saw working at a coffee shop in a town of like 500 people. Cause it's like, you you would just see like, you know, people from that town. And then the minute you go into the one coffee shop, it's a kid with blue hair. It's a kid with a septum <laughs> piercing. You're like, oh, hey, hello. You've decided you've all decided to work at the coffee shops in your tiny towns. And God bless you. While this isn't a a tour through small town America, this is just between us. A variety show filled with heartfelt advice, ridiculous games and brutal honesty. We've got a great episode for you guys today. Yes, today we're going to be talking all about forced adult friendship. It's when someone really wants to keep being your friend, but you don't feel it. And we were inspired by one of your international questions. That's right. We don't just use international questions for international questions. Sometimes we use them for topics. We're really switching it up over here. And after the break, we'll be actually answering a listener's question. So stick around. back. You know what that means. Hit it. International question. International question. International question. Anonymous. Sweden. Oh, a true international. We love to see and read it. (laughs) So the TLDR. Desperate for heartbreak advice. Hi, Allison and Gabby. I've been following you since BuzzFeed and want to start by saying that I love both of you so much and you've helped me a lot through the years. Anyways, my boyfriend of five years with whom I've shared an apartment for four years decided that he was no longer in love with me and just left out of the blue. No warning, no discussion, just a, hey, I've been thinking and I've realized I'm no longer in love with you. He had already packed a bag and everything. I'd also had terrible anxiety for the past five months regarding our relationship, but since I have a history of anxiety and he kept telling me nothing was wrong when I asked him straight out, I assumed it was all in my head and started going to therapy to work through my relationship-related anxiety. Now it's been seven weeks and I'm just starting to feel really, really heartbroken. I was kind of numb for the first few weeks and kept telling my friends that I was doing great thanks to therapy. Turns out my brain had just shut down. So now I need help. How the hell does one start to get over a heartbreak? I just want to get into the anchor stage so that I at least would know I was moving forward. I'm scared that I'm going to be stuck in this sad, lonely state forever. Love you guys. Would be endlessly grateful for any advice. I know this is a, a really tailored to Allison situation, although I Why? too have been... <laughs> just because my fiance abandoned have... me? <laughs> okay, yes. But I too have had breakups and been left. But I just want to say... Like, you can leave at any time, but what really jumped for me here and what's really awful is that he kept telling her nothing was wrong and then that she went to therapy to work through her relationship anxiety with him, like, fully knowing that it was him. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. This is not great. (laughs) That is the part that jumped out and slapped me in the face because I was like, 
okay, whatever. Like maybe if you guys had been having, you know, you picked up on something because of your anxiety and like you're, you know, a little bit empathetic, you, you, you're an empath or whatever. But then like to, for him to be like, no, no, nothing's wrong. And then to just allow you to be like, oh, you're right. It's me. I'll go to therapy fully knowing. I'm not going to try to explain away how this guy did what he did. I, I wow. mean, obviously people were capable of being incredibly deceiving. Cowardly. Yeah. So cowardly. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is, right? You don't want to deal. You don't want to confront uncomfortable feelings. And you would rather just process everything on your own and then just dump it on your partner and walk away. Yeah. Make a decision alone. Don't yes. ever get any other input. Wow. I mean, it's gaslighting in a lot of ways of like yeah. something's off here. No, it's not. Oh, okay. That's my fault for feeling that way. Oh, wait, I'm leaving you. Like it's it's not great. Not only is it your fault for feeling that way, but please go to therapy to fix how you, be, this thing that you were right on the money about. Yeah. Tough. Tough, tough, tough. So now the question becomes, like, how do we move move past that? Mm -hmm. And it's really hard. You know, I think it's really tough when you have a breakup that you're processing both because of the fact that you've lost your partner and best friend and that you're also just processing an extreme amount of shock. Mm -hmm. And so those are like kind of two different things that you're having to deal with simultaneously. And so that is like incredibly overwhelming, you know, like mm -hmm. he got to grieve this relationship while he was still in it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you, mm -hmm. you were not given that um, ability. And so it's silly, but I think that the first step is, is just constantly reminding yourself that this won't be how you will feel forever. Correct. That absolutely the way that you feel right now is is terrible and not good and you wouldn't wish it on anybody but just in the back of your mind having the smallest kernel of hope that you know that one day it won't be like this and i yeah. think that it is like that tiny tiny piece that like keeps you going it's definitely like in my life i've been like after a breakup and like oh this is gonna be forever this is how i'm mm -hmm. gonna always feel i'm gonna be alone forever I'm never going to be happy again. And it's like really hard to get out of that. But the repetition of being like, okay, what happened the last time I had a breakup? This exact thing happened. What happened the last time I had a breakup? Or like looking back on even like an ex who now, who like at the time was so devastating. And then now I like don't even care about that person at all. And you're like, well, you know, these things are cyclical and they like it, emotions like, it, it just takes time. Like they fade over time. But I think the reason that it's like, well, why is this just happening seven weeks later? I'm suddenly feeling more heartbroken is like Allison said, you're in shock. Like you're just literally in shock. You go through denial. You're like, this isn't really happening. Like I'm, you know, I'm not even going to take the time to process this because he'll be right back. Right. Um, it just feels so surreal that you don't yeah. think it's that it's like not it doesn't feel like reality. It doesn't, you know, it's the rug is being ripped out from under yeah. you. And you don't want to, like, you don't want to live in that. Like, you don't want to admit. I think if you start to get sad, you're admitting it happened. Yeah, but I, you know, I think that she's now at this place of, of overwhelming sadness. And it's exactly. like, you know, what do you do with that? You know, I actually, like, just wrote about this for my Patreon. But, like, I think with this kind of stuff, it's like you have to actively heal. Like, you can't mm -hmm. just, like, wait around for time to fix things. Like, you have to do things that are, like, active as much as that fucking sucks. That doesn't mm -hmm. mean you have to do them, like, right now. But mm -hmm. I do think that there's certain things that, like, speed along the process. Mm -hmm. um, 
And for me, one of the biggest things was not tearing myself down. Mm -hmm. So like in the past, when I would get heartbroken, two things would happen. One, my heart would be broken. And then on two, I would shit on myself. Right, right, right. And I would tear myself down and I Mm -hmm. would, you know, like beat myself up. Mm -hmm. And you don't need to do that. Like you can just deal with the with the grief of it. You don't have Mm -hmm. to then deal with like deciding that this rejection is some way a reflection of your worth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a um a, a woman on Bad With Money called Dr. Lori Santos, and she studies happiness. And she was talking about how, you know, a lot of times when you're sad or like you want to just like lay on the couch and watch something, you want to do something passive. Mm-hmm. And she was like, what helps actually like in terms of studying the science of happiness is doing something even a little bit active. So even if you're even if you're playing a video game, like even if you're, you know, like you're like, I just want to lay here and listen to music. But like if you can get up and walk around and listen to music, like she was like, I know, like for sadness, sometimes, you know, you want to just sort of be not moving or not engaged in your brain in any way. Just let Netflix play, play, play. But she was saying, like, scientifically, and you just said it too about actively healing, like scientifically, it it is better for you to be at least a little bit mentally engaged with whatever you're using to heal or to, you know, forget or whatever. Like if you, it's better to even just be sitting and meditating than it is to just be sitting. Like you should be doing something also that is like moving your brain a little. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like you're dividing your time. You're dividing your time between like doing things that prove that you don't need this person and that Mm -hmm. you still have a life. And then you're also taking the time to process what happened and and Mm -hmm. like sit in those feelings and think about those feelings and, and accept those feelings. And, you know, I think exercise is huge. I've always said that, but I think especially when you're dealing with something like this, just sort of like in a way getting out of your mind and into your body can be really helpful. That's what I'm saying. So the science is that even if you if you want to sit and like think about and process what happened, it's better to do that while walking around or to do that while like doing some, you know, having some other movement or something going on driving. I don't know, you know, something where your brain isn't just like sed- sed- sedentary, sedentary. When something like this happens to you, it takes away all of your power, right? Yep. And so that mm-hmm. makes you incredibly disoriented. Mm-hmm. And so I think a big part of the healing process is figuring out, okay, how do I reclaim some power here? You know, like, how do I not let this person continue to influence my life for an unseeable amount of time? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I think that that looks like figuring out, okay, what what do I want to be doing in my life like what are my values what are what is my purpose what what can I still be striving for as an individual even though I'm no longer part of this relationship mm-hmm. and so feeling like you are putting your time and energy into maybe an exciting work project maybe you are putting more time and energy into your friendships mm-hmm. oftentimes in partnerships you're like maybe you made a compromise maybe he was vegan and so you only ate vegan. And now you're like, fuck that guy. I'm going to Outback Steakhouse. Whatever it is, you know what I mean? Like something that's like, I'm me now. I'm an individual. I'm, a, you know, like something that is like, I don't know. Like I cut my hair off. You know what I mean? I don't think you should necessarily be doing things in terms of like a reaction as like a fuck you. Like I think it's more about like- But I think it like, helps you get to you- the- the anger state it's if you do one if you just do one it will feel so good and it will help you get to the anger stage i think okay 
<laughs> because you'll feel good. You'll feel like you're right. Like there is, I, I was being held back from like, you. it's sort of find. It's like getting your groove back, finding yourself again. I'm not saying find something. I'm not saying if you don't like meat, go to the Outback Steakhouse. But it's like, if you're like, you know, oh my God, I've missed meat this whole time, but I was like doing it out of, you know, something that is like something that you, you wanted to do the whole time or that you wanted to do um, before you were in this relationship or whatever. That's empowering. I think getting in touch with yourself and your own needs and wants are, is mm-hmm. important and yeah. not necessarily in a direct relationship to like, what was this person not allowing me to do, but just like, what do I want? And and I yeah. know that that first answer is going to be, I want my partner back. But yeah. what is that second answer? You mm-hmm. know, like, do you want to volunteer with animals? Do mm-hmm. you want to like spend the entire day shopping for yourself? Do you want, you know, like there is a freedom that comes with being single mm-hmm. that is different than when you're in a partnership. Um, mm-hmm. I know for me, just the fact that like, I don't have to put the cheese in a cheese drawer anymore. Love it. Liberating. That's um, what I'm saying. Yeah. But like, I, I don't think you necessarily need to do it as like a fuck you of like, what no. does this specific person not like so I could do it? I think it's more just like getting back in touch with who you are, what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I, I know this sounds, I think we romanticize love we romanticize the one we romanticize how difficult it is to find somebody that gets you and I think just allowing yourself the openness of like actually I'm probably compatible with thousands of people yes yes (laughs) we talk about this a lot like there are probably thousands of people that you could have a wonderful life partnership Mm -hmm. with and so while you thought you were going to have this life partnership with this other person instead of getting hung up on on what could have been maybe look forward to the fact that like you get to start again you know maybe Mm -hmm. there were like some power dynamics in your old relationship that weren't serving you and so Mm -hmm. now when you whenever it is that you start a new relationship maybe you can be really cognizant of like making sure that you have power dynamics that are set up better that maybe it's Mm -hmm. more egalitarian maybe you stand up for yourself more maybe you Mm -hmm. you know like every relationship is an opportunity to learn like what you want and and how to get to a better homeostasis with somebody Mm -hmm. um and so looking, you know, I, it can be hard to like, look at your past relationship and be like, what did, you don't want to be like, what did I do wrong? But like, what, yeah. what if given the opportunity, would you do different in a different mm-hmm. relationship? Yeah. And what, um, you know, what did you learn from this past relationship? I think every relationship is a learning experience. You know, I broke, I broke up with someone who I thought like was going to be my person. And then I started to slowly realize that there were all these sort of things that I wouldn't have been okay with. But I, at the time was like, I'm getting set back. Cause I don't know if if five years is a long time. And I feel like you think like, you, you just think you have some assurance or you think that like you're, oh God, I'm starting over after all this time. But like, I don't know that time spent together is I was viewing it as like when we broke up, like, oh, I have to start over. Like those two years were wasted. I have to start over. You know, I have to the next person I'm with. It has to be for the same amount of time. Otherwise, it's not going to count or something. That's all like, I don't know, like some sort of weird timeline thing that people have or some way of of being that you like think. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I just am hung up a little bit on like 
five years and living together and being like, okay, so I'm, so this is the thing and I'm sure of it. And then it's like, you're never sure you have, you have no, anything could happen at any time. And that can be really scary when you're thinking about it in terms of negatives. Right. But if you think anything can happen at any time, both bad and good. And good, exactly. You know that like as much as you were shocked by by this person leaving, there could be something that equally shocks you, but in a good way. Exactly, exactly. And just remembering remembering your resilience, finding strength in the fact that you are surviving this. Even if you mm-hmm. feel terrible, the reality is that you are surviving this. Like you are mm-hmm. getting through this and you should be really proud of your strength in that. It really won't be forever. I truly remember every single breakup being like, this is, I'm going to be sad forever. I'm going to be lonely forever. This is going to be forever. And like, it it can, it couldn't have been forever every time. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, it always ends. Like eventually it always ends. Like it's not, I know it feels like it. And I don't know how to explain when you're in it. Nobody can explain to you that it's not forever. Like you just can't hear it. But like, You have to know factually, like factually, it will not last forever. And I think it's really important not to A to C. So like what that means is not taking the fact that he that he left this relationship to mean that your future partner will leave the relationship exactly, or that you will never have anyone who stays. Like, mm-hmm. I think it. I think something that is really was really healing for me was being like, OK, this was one incident in my life. And yep. yes. It is a huge incident and it is completely disorienting. Mm-hmm. And you guys were together far longer than I was with my ex. But at the end of the day, that was your interaction with one other person on this entire right. planet. Um, and that it, it does not predict the future or mean anything more than the fact that this person acted cruelly and, and cowardly. And now you will continue on with your life. Yeah, you don't even, I mean, think about like 10 years from now, like who even, I mean, 10 years before this, you don't, you couldn't have predicted what your life would be. So then 10 years after this, it's like, who who even knows? Like my mom was engaged to some guy named Niederman. Like, <laughs> who the fuck is that? Like, you know, like it, it, it's, you never know what's going to happen. And you're only so sure of, of what it is in the moment. And so, and like, the future is wide open for you, baby. Who knows? Who are you? You don't even know. Maybe you're a horseback rider. Maybe you were meant to like, maybe you were meant to to live on a mountain. And and maybe, you know, I mean, you're basically free to do and be whoever you want right now. You got no ties. Live it up. And if that if that feels scary, also remember you're still you. You you had a life with this person, but you also had a life outside of this person. Mm-hmm. You know, like they are not your entire life. And and so I think one of the things that really helps is to to kind of focus on those other aspects of your life and to mm-hmm. give more energy to them. And when you talk about the fact that like you want to get to that anger stage, like maybe it's helpful to write down all the things that like weren't great about the relationship and also how fucking shitty it was that how how they handled the end of the relationship mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know like that's not okay <laughs> I, i've yes. talked about this a bit before but there are plenty of of ways to end a relationship in a compassionate humane way and what this person did was not one of them um and so i don't forgive my ex 
Like, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people feel like, oh, you should forgive people. And like, and even I say, right, I've said yeah. so many times holding on to anger is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. But for me, and in this stage of my healing, it is advantageous of me not to forgive him. Yeah. Because when I forgive him, I humanize him. And when yeah. I humanize him, then I'm like, oh, well, we had this, you know, like it, mm-hmm. I, at least it might just be a protective thing that I need for however yeah. long. But like, it's easier for me to be like, I hate this person. Mm-hmm. This is a mean, bad person. And mm-hmm. I shall continue my life without them. <laughs> and that, and that, I mean, we're different people, but like, and that's, that's good for you right now. I don't know if it'll always stay that way. I feel like I'm I sure had it won't. that. Yeah, like, I feel like I had that for a lot of people. But even, like, now, and maybe it's just because so much time has passed between these certain people that I'm thinking of, like, I, I'm i not upset. Like, I'm just kind of like, you're a dumb, you're, you're a human. You're, you did dumb things. You're dumb human. And, like, everyone is, like, you know, just trying to muddle through this world, claw through this world as best they can. And like, you probably have trauma from X, Y, and Z I don't even know about. And like, I get it. Like I, my, my ex from um, 2018, I was so mad at them, but I also now like, I, I feel compassion. Like I, their life has been hard and like, Mm -hmm. I understand why they behaved the way they did. And so like, other people in my life are very mad at them. And like Mal is like, mad, you know, mad at them. But I, I saw them uh, in December and I was like, went to, to go see them. And I was like, okay to do that. And I never would have thought, never would have thought that I was, okay. Would I mean, 2018, I was, was like, wouldn't, I never, I was like, I'm never seeing this person again. They can die, go fuck themselves, whatever. And now I'm just like, you know, I'm proud of them. They're doing their best, but that's yeah. time. Exactly. And so you have to figure out, you know, what you what is the healthiest way for you to think about them in this moment? Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, like for me, like obviously I'm sure this will change. But like for me, I I need to have that protective barrier up where I'm like what they did was not okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And that that honestly has helped me move forward because our relationship was so good that it was really hard to let go of it because Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, but this person was wonderful. But then to be like, oh, but accepting that their actions are part of who they are as a person, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so like, and that was a really hard thing for me to come to terms with because I was like, this is a fluke. This doesn't make any sense. This isn't who mm-hmm. he is. And everyone had to be like, no, Allison, like this is who he is, yeah. you know? And so that says something and, and that, you know, that's been part of my process. But even just accepting that, like the way that you're going to feel about them, the way you're going to feel about the situation, that's going to be changing all the time. It's going to change. keeping in touch with how your thoughts about it make you feel. So is you thinking that they're the best person in the world really hurting you in this moment? Maybe switch over to anger. You know, Mm -hmm. like think about Mm -hmm. what makes sense in that, you know, as you're going through this healing process. Um, And it it will, it'll all change and you don't know what's coming. But I think that you can have a lot of trust in yourself and the fact that you went to therapy, you took care of yourself, Mm -hmm. you're putting yourself first. I think really self-prioritizing is like the biggest part of healing is being Mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm injured right now. Mm -hmm. I need to do what I have to do to get better. That Mm -hmm. can mean leaning on your support system. That can mean blocking them on every aspect of social media. Mm -hmm. That can mean having a dance party alone every single night before you go to sleep. It's just really putting yourself first and kind of like being selfish in a way after five years of partnership, like Mm -hmm. indulge yourself in that. And there might even be some joy that comes from it. Yes, I agree. 
And then who knows what the future holds. Exactly. So hopefully that helps. If you want to submit your international question, you can send it to justbetweenuspod at gmail.com. That's justbetweenuspod at gmail.com. Up next, we're going to be talking about forced friendships. Oh, boy. Hi, everyone. Allison here. Anyone who knows me well knows that I love to read. I am always looking for new books, and that is why I am so excited that this episode is sponsored by Book of the Month. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and to promote the work of emerging authors. It was so fun for me to get to pick which book I wanted to read this month and have it shipped right to my door. Book of the Month makes it easy to decide which book to read next. Each month, the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles. They pick some of the best new books for you to choose from. All the books are good, so you can't go wrong. Every aspect of the Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. They have a highly anticipated release at the beginning of each month. Books are delivered in this really adorable bright blue box, and there's a fun app to help you pick your book and track your reading process. They also offer great values on new release hardcover fiction. It's much cheaper than other options, shipping is always free, and with a loyalty program, you get rewards and even lower prices the longer you stay as a member. My first book from Book of the Month was The Husbands by Holly Gramazio. I am tearing through this book. It is so fun. It's basically about this woman who one day comes home and there's a husband in her apartment and she's like, where did you come from? And then she figures out that every time her new husband goes into the attic, a new husband comes out and she's, she's like shuffling through all these different husbands from the attic trying to figure out which one is the best. It is right up my alley and I love it so much. So if you want to take part in Book of the Month and have a brand new book shipped right to your door every single month, go to bookofthemonth.com and get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That's $5 off with code PEDALS. I cannot recommend this enough. With Mother's Day around the corner, are you thinking about a truly special gift for your mom? Let me tell you all about mylifeinabook.com. It's a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Pretty cool, right? Here's how it works. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions you wish to ask. And then she can either type her response or use their voice to text feature. And mylifeinabook.com compiles all her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. And guess what? They can even create an audiobook using her voice recordings. It's like preserving her voice and her stories for eternity. Imagine discovering stories about her youth, adventures, and the challenges she overcame. This book becomes a legacy, something you and future generations can treasure forever. Your mom's given you a lifetime of stories. This is your chance to give her a way to share them. Right before I found out about this project, my mom made an offhand comment about wanting to write a memoir because she had such a wild childhood and there are all these things she's never really talked to us about. But asking someone to sit down and write a memoir is kind of daunting. So then I got her mylifeinabook.com and now she's getting prompts to answer on a weekly basis and it's a lot easier than just undertaking an entire memoir. I'm so excited to see what my mom does with mylifeinabook.com because she's someone who doesn't always feel comfortable just sharing about herself but having these prompts and knowing that I really want to hear her answers is going to inspire her to probably share more with me about her life and her upbringing than I've ever been shared with before so I'm so excited for that. 
Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code just between us at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com. Use code just between us for 10% off today. Just between us, it's time for topic X X X X X X X baby baby. This topic came from an email uh, from a listener, basically about like a specific instance she has with this one person who, like, you know, has tried really hard to friend her, and like, basically, it's somebody she doesn't want to be friends with, but she's like been in this like f- kind of forced friendship with her. Mm-hmm. And it kind of got me thinking, you know, because I've definitely been there where like there's people in my life where the only reason we're still friends is because they reach out to me. (laughs) I know. And it's sort of like, what do you do with that? Like, and I I didn't want to do it as an international question because I I honestly didn't know the answer. (laughs) I was like, I can't give advice on this. I more just want to discuss it. (laughs) So here's two things. One is when you're the person reaching out a lot. And that to me is me, when I'm that person, it's me realizing, is this just their personality where they Mm -hmm, don't, mm -hmm. they aren't good at this type of thing? Or is it that they're not interested in being friends with me? I have Mal, for instance, has never answered a text in their fucking life. They, you will not be able to reach them. You have to come to our front door if you want to hang out with Mal. Um, But But I, so when I was friends with them and I would text them and like try to hang out and they were always so elusive, like they were like so elusive. And then they showed up to my book tour event in New York. And I was like, are we friends? That you don't take personally. Then there's other people that I reach out to all the time that you then have to start reading as like, okay, this is personal. Like how, how can you tell the difference? How do they treat other people? Do other people say... Mm. It's hard to get in touch with this person. It's hard to reach this person. If if you are like, ah, oh, it's so hard to reach, you know, Sally, and your other friends are like, really? Sally writes back to me. Like, <laughs> you have a, an idea of what's going on. But if you're like, oh, it's so hard to get in touch with Trevor, and people are like, yeah, Trevor never writes back. You're like, okay, okay. Like, what is just you? And what, because I am of the mind that it's never like about me. Like, if someone doesn't write back, I'm like, I guess they're pooping. Like, I don't know. Um, and then they've been pooping for like seven days and I'm like, I guess they don't write back, but, um, or they forgot or I don't know. But then if it's, if it's someone who like doesn't write back and it's like clearly only to me or they don't write back to me, but I see they're very active on Instagram or something like that, then I'm like, okay, okay. So it is about me. So then I'll tend to leave that person alone. On the flip side, I have certain people that are very intense about staying friends with me. And I, I tend to be hard to get to, to get a hold of. And so, so I've had people who do take that personally and like probably stop, you know, reaching out to me. And then I have friends who are like, that's just what you're like. And I try again and there you are, you know, here's the thing. It's always the people that you like, don't like that much that reach out so much. Like, it's the people that you like are like, God, I fucking hate this person. And they're the person who like texts you and like wants to hang out the most. Why is that? But what do you do about that? Like, that's the thing. And I don't know. I've had I've had fluctuating thoughts on this. I also think it really depends on what that person is like. Right. Yes. So if they are, are they a enjoyable? toxic, mm-hmm. if they're like a toxic presence, yeah. then you don't need to continue that you friendship. Don't. But if it's just that like, 
they're kind of annoying. Yeah. They're not your first choice for a friend. But yeah. you've known them for 15 years. Like, I, I don't know. I've sort of become of this mind of like, eh, I'll keep it going. Like, you kind of almost, at a certain point, if you've been friends with someone for so long and they're not harmful or yeah. toxic, it's almost like keeping in touch with a cousin. Yeah, but I feel like I feel bad because I it's always those people because I'm like, well, clearly they care about me. Like I'm an asshole for not being more engaged with this person who like clearly cares about me and clearly mm-hmm. loves me. Um, so then I feel like a dick because yeah. I'm like um, one person I did not. I, I don't tend to like ghost ghost. Like one person was like, really confrontational with me about staying friends, a person from college and like so manipulative, like started texting me stuff like, okay, well, I guess those promises we made to each other in the dorms in freshman year while we laid on the bed meant nothing to you, like shit like that. And I had to finally, I wrote back and I was like, this is um, like after a bunch of different like manipulative texts like that. Like I, I rem- I'll always remember you holding my hand on the rooftop. I was like, we were 18, first of all. So what? Like you promised to be friends forever. Okay. So I, so I like wrote back and it was just clearly manipulation, like mm-hmm. emotional manipulation. And also PS secondary, this person asked for money all the time. So I wrote back and I was like, it is stressful to talk to you. You are very manipulative. Like, this is very emotionally manipulative. And, like, I will, I do not want to speak to you anymore. And then I blocked them. Because it was, like, under the guise of being, like, I just want to stay friends forever. And, like, I just love you so much and listen to all these memories we have. But it was, like, I could feel that it was to get me to sometimes give them money. But also just to be, like, to feel like I was obligated. Like, it was a person who... I would, and this is like, you have to trust how you feel, like your gut, because this is a person who they would say, come over. And I would go, I can't. And they would say, I'll send a car for you. And I would go, I really can't. Like I, I have work to do. I have stuff to do. Can you just come over in an hour? No, I really like today. I really can't like someone who like, couldn't take no for an answer in a way that was like stressful. Yeah. Um, But I also think that, and that, I mean, those are examples of someone where like, they're clearly a adding a negative negative thing right. to your life but like sometimes like I've had people where I just like I'm not excited to see them I know and then it becomes this thing of like feeling so anxious about having to see them dreading having but to why do they like them. you so much why do they like you so much and then the one person that you're like please be my best friend they're like elusive but the oh, person yeah. <laughs> who's like annoying likes you so much why maybe that's just that they, that's just how they do friendship is like they're just like a really present friend um and then here's the thing and then who am I to the I'm that to somebody (laughs) right yeah I mean I think that the the big thing in all of this is to just like remember compassion and Mm -hmm. to like you know and I also think sometimes we can make things worse by building up the narrative around it in our head Mm -hmm. you know where we like really dread the person it's like this whole thing like Mm -hmm calling them back feels like, oh my God, I don't want to call them back. Yeah. But then like once you call them back, it's like actually fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I feel, at least for me, I feel like I've had like anticipatory issues mm-hmm. with friends. Um, and then when I'm actually interacting with them, I mean, again, it's not like the same as like when I'm with someone where like it's Who a you, more mutual right. friendship. But like for the most part, it's like fine, you know? Yeah. And, and so I don't know. I just feel like we are in a society where like, Social bonds are so important. People mm-hmm. are so lonely. 
it is so hard to maintain friendships yes. that if this person isn't like a yeah. huge negative impact on your life, it can be worth trying to reframe how you think about them yes. and get to a place where they don't, they don't like set you off as much so that when you do interact with them, it's not, it's not overwhelming. Create whatever boundary activity like works for you guys. Like, okay, so this is the thing that I've been doing in my like gratitude. But I was thinking about, okay, so my birthday was June 1st, right? Mm-hmm. And the people that text at midnight, the three people that text me at midnight were were not people that were like my main best friends. Mm-hmm. And I think that is because they were sleeping or they woke up in the morning and made an Instagram post about me or whatever. But I was like, you know, you kind of, I was like a little bit awake and I was like, who's going to text me at midnight, whatever. And like one, it was, one was my mom from the other room. And then the other people, I and I was like, those, like, those people are perfectly fine. And also that they are so nice to be thinking of me on my birthday at that time. Like we don't have Facebook. Who knows anybody's birthday anymore? Like the fact that this, like, it just made me be like, I should put more effort in and I should, because I'm not, I'm taking for granted the people that like me so much. Like I'm taking for granted, like I'm fine with them and I like them, but like, I, but if they reach out a lot and like, they really care to me, like on my birthday that they texted, I'm like this, like maybe like four people. I was like, I, I should be more grateful for them. Those are the real people. Like I should be more thankful and be like more engaged and be a better friend to these people because like they're being a good friend to me, you know? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like kind of give yourself a, a time to kind of reassess it. And be yeah, I'm like, changing it. I've like changed my opinion. I'm like, no, I should be a good friend to these people because they're being a good friend to me. And that's that means a lot. Like it is really hard to find good friends. And exactly. I constantly Those people feel are rare. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I would really sit with yourself and be like, OK, so what is it that is that I don't like like about this person yeah is it that and I think sometimes it can be that the person is really negative Um, I know there's one person in particular who I like reaches out and wants to hang out and everything but I just find them so negative and so I think it's worth like maybe the next time you hang out just trying hard to steer the conversation in places that are not negative and for you to try to be positive and to Mm -hmm. see but again like if this person is really sucking your energy and really killing your mellow and like you know like it's not like you have to accept all of these forced friendships into your life but I do think that it is worth sort of like really sitting with yourself and being like okay what is it is this something that I could work through if this person was my family member Mm -hmm. like how would I feel about it you know like what value do do they do bring to the table can Mm -hmm. I maybe highlight that value more Mm -hmm. when I think about them as a person Mm -hmm. And everyone's lonely. Like, if that person really loves and cares about you more than, like, you know, another person that you quote-unquote prefer, I don't know. I feel like as I get older, I'm like, those are the real ones. Like, those are the people to hold on to. Yeah. But on the flip side, uh, I see a lot of people keeping their high school friends, and those friends are bullies and are mean (laughs) and are horrible. Like, I know multiple girls who are still friends with, their friends from high school and they those girls they clearly hate each other yeah and they just are scared to make new friends and scared to stop being friends with the same group they've been friends with since they were teenagers because but it's like it's clearly bad 
And like, that's I think what that's I mean about relatable. really sitting. Like, I think yeah. we can put like this blanket statement of like, these are the people I like. These are the people I don't like. But I think you owe it to yourself and to them to sit down with each individual person and yeah. be like, okay, can I make this relationship work? Mm-hmm. And why would I want to? Or it, it, this is such a drain on me. This is mm-hmm. such a negative in my life. How can I responsibly and compassionately let them know that like at this point, I don't have the bandwidth sure. to be the kind of friend that they deserve. But from talking to these, I'm thinking of two people in particular who have these high school mean friends. From talking to them, they're like, but if I get rid of one of them, then they're all going to band together. and get. If I get rid of this group of friends who are clearly toxic and making my life terrible, I will have no friends. How mm. do I start over? And then I have zero friends. Well, that's why I think it's so important to always be making new friends and always be open mm-hmm. to new friends. Like yes. I always just tell myself, I'm like, I might not have ever even met my best friend in my life yet. Like I exactly. might meet my best friend in my life when I'm like of my entire life when I'm like 40, 45, 50. Like who knows? Like you I have just- have different best friends. My grandma met her best friend. They were like 65. They became old lady best friends. It's like, right. you know. That's something I like try to, when I'm feeling down about my friendships, I try to like motivate myself that I'm like, <laughs> I just don't know the possibilities <gasps> And on the flip side of feeling like, oh, no, what if I'm forcing friendships with people? You know, I think that if you're worried about that, like you can just like sort of take a break. And Mm -hmm. like if you feel like you're the one that is putting in all of the work, like take a month off. See what happens. See what happens. Do they reach out to you? Do they not? You know, and also recognize that like there's different types of friendships with people. Mm -hmm. And so you you might be striving to have a really close friendship with someone who's just not capable of that. Who's just a movie's friend, you know? Or whose idea of close friendship is different than yours. Like they might think of you as a close friend and you're like, but we only talk once every two months. But for them, they only talk to anybody once every two months. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And it's different. Different friends for different things. Like, you know, I have a, a Carly and I go see movies pre-COVID, go see movies all the time. Um, But I have a completely, you know, different relationship with her wife. Like, you know what I mean? Like with different friendships, even within like a group or who who do you talk to about this particular thing? Or who do you um, who do you go to for emotional stuff is different than even like another really good friend who you guys just like dissect fashion. You know what I mean? It's like Mm -hmm. totally different. Yeah. So I really I think it, it helps to sort of like break down each individual dynamic, see how it's interfering, enhancing or mm-hmm. taking away from your life um, and go from there. But yeah, it is tough. Friendship stuff is very tricky. Um, I know, and it gets so like, I mean, I'm not friends with really anyone from high school other than this one, this one girl who keeps who keeps reaching out. And finally, I'm like, OK. And I but- think also recognizing that it is OK for two people to have different views of the same friendship. Right. Like it is okay for you to be like, we're not that close. And for them to think you are close. Like I know that that feels weird and like uncomfortable, but at the end of the day, it's not hurting anybody for them Mm -hmm. to think that (laughs) like as long as you treat them with respect and you, you know, maybe you're not reaching out all the time, but you say happy birthday, you know, like it's okay for two people to have different views of the same thing. Yeah. Although then it's weird when, uh, they get married and you're a bridesmaid and you're like, I don't even really fucking know this person. <laughs> but then you're like, you know what? 
they must have a life where in their life I am a higher friend than I, I and they are in my life. No, and I'm joking. I'm joking. No, it's not a joke though because that happens all the time. But mm-hmm. like instead of being like, this is so weird, maybe we can just be like, this is how they experience friendship. It, but this doesn't apply if the person is like totally toxic and no. is like, you know, making um your life much worse. But I guess you just ghost. You ghost or do you say like what I said to uh to that other person? I think it depends. I think with toxicity, you can always try to explain yourself and then you don't need to re-explain yourself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if somebody then comes back with like wanting to argue about it or talk about it for hours, yeah, you don't need to do that. But I think it, it is the compassionate thing to always offer an explanation. I agree. I agree. And that's what I did. Very um, good. <laughs> so what do we rate this episode since since Melissa is, is too busy for us oh my God. right now? 11 out of 10 crying because Melissa's not here. Okay, I'll do 13 out of 10 crying because Melissa's not here. She's going to so, she so she knows that I miss her more than you do. Can I tell you a Melissa thing? Sure. I This has to do with our... Oh, by the way, so we have a Pride show, actually, that we're doing a live Pride show on, um, on June 18th in the morning, PST. So stick around for more information about that. But... Uh, Melissa, so I wrote something about ghosts in like the thing I'm doing. And Melissa was like, I wish I could have sex with a ghost. And I was like, okay, tell me more about that. And she said she's mad that she hasn't been chosen. So remind us when Melissa's back to bring this up with her. She's going to make us cut this from the episode. No, I want answers, Melissa. I want answers. So such concludes this episode. Make sure you come back on Friday. We have an amazing episode where we are interviewing one of MTV's best VJs of all time, Su Chin Pak, um, all about her experience as a VJ and also um, dealing with uh, racism. Anti-Asian racism. She's such a badass. Tune back in on Friday for that. And also, as Gabby mentioned, we have a live Pride show coming up on June 18th um, in the morning Pacific time. There's going to be tons more information about it on the JBU Instagram. So make sure that you check that out so that you can either tune in live to watch us recording it or make sure you don't miss it when it hits the feed. At JBU Podcast, baby. Uh, And I guess that's it. Thank you so much for listening. Just Between Us is a Forever Dog production. Hosted by me, Allison Raskin. And me, Gabby Dunn. Produced by Melissa DeMonts. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Brendan Burns composed our killer theme music. To listen to this podcast ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. Check out video clips of our podcast on YouTube at youtube.com slash foreverdogteam or youtube.com slash show. And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Forever Dog Team to keep up with all the latest Forever Dog news. And at Allison Raskin and at Emotional Support Lady for Allison and at Gabby Road and at BWM Pod for me, Gabby. And at JBU Pod for more info about the live show. Bye! Forever! Forever.